Good morning and welcome to the manual. It is another week down. Um, We're obviously all still home. Well, most of us. Uh, If you are able to get back to work um, safely, be as safe as possible for yourself and not only yourself, but also for your family and friends. Um, This week, um, again, I guess this podcast has started. I kind of been focusing a lot around the pandemic because it is um, something that is kind of fueling everything. Uh, for my talks, but I'll, I'll try to kind of not do that. Um, I have a few guests that are coming on today, and I also have a few guests lined up for next week to give to give more uh, value content. But today, I want to kind of uh, address a few things uh, as it as it pertains to TV. Um, one of the things that I've noticed on uh, whether it's Netflix, Hulu, uh, Xfinity, Comcast. Um, Amazon TV, Apple TV uh, is for the first time in a long time, I, you know, either was watching stuff that I um, have watched before and I've been watching stuff that I have never seen. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed about some of the content that they have out now uh, and content that we've had in the past, um, I've kind of noticed a few stark differences. Um, first of all, the lack of... Um, of uh, genuine, heartfelt, character-driven, plot-driven, that type of thing is kind of becoming a thing of the past. Um, classic movies um, kind of told a, a really, really good story. Um, and I guess the writers were more crea- creative back then and had that kind of um, zest to put out, you know, good material. Now it feels like everything is a is a um, carbon copy of something old, but it's not even a good carbon copy or a better carbon copy. It's the same old, same old stuff. For instance, um, I haven't seen Bloodshot yet. Kind of don't have any um, real um, interest in the movie. Uh, looks crazy visual effects wise, but for the most part, uh, if anyone is old enough to remember Universal Soldier, it looked kind of like that um, with the new twists. And Universal Soldier starred Jean-Claude Van Damme, and a few actors, action star actors from that day, uh, kind of at that time was a very original plot. Um, we have never seen anything like that before. So I was kind of curious as to why they're bringing stuff like that back. But that's Bloodshot. Not interested. I don't think Vin Diesel is that great of an actor. He's okay in action movies when he doesn't have to speak. But to kind of sit through a monologue um, would probably be a little hard for me uh, with Vin Diesel. Um, And speaking of Vin Diesel, they're making another Fast and Furious. Why? (laughs) It's been uh, the last one I just saw. I was forced to, I kind of have a rule about watching stuff. Uh, It's called the 40 minute rule. And 40 minute rule basically is that if I'm watching something, a movie, whatever it is, even if it's good or bad, um, mostly if it's bad, I kind of give myself about 40 minutes or so um, because most movies run an hour and a half on the light side and it normally would run um about two and a half hours um you know f- for that matter um so 40 minutes is like my cutoff to say okay enough is enough i can't watch this anymore or i'll kind of get through it and a lot of things that uh that i've been watching lately have been falling into the 40 minute rule i'm like i can't i can't keep watching this um notably some of the black cinema that's on um in your feeds, because I guess with the advent of a lot of um, of tracking and, you know, how the software works, if you watch certain types of movies um, in your profile, uh, the system sends, tends to pick what, you know, you would want to watch. 
Uh, in most cases, this is kind of cool because you get some some um, dramas and things of that nature that will um, that will give you some good options or you kind of get stuff and like, why would why would they give me that? But then you look back at your history and like, oh, I watched this stupidness. So here we go. And a lot of the black cinema, um, not to pick on black cinema, and that's not what this podcast is about for the most part, is that the same stories, uh, love triangles, um, uh, um, someone dealing with an addiction or, or, or an abusive past, it seems to be like the, the kind of genre, the kind of stories that, that are driven. Um, I am not a big Tyler Perry fan. And I tell people this all the time that, that when we talk about uh Tyler Perry or the kind of content that he makes The Medea thing was funny The first hundred times I saw it But then it became Not funny to me uh, Reason being is that It perpetuates a lot of of um, Stereotypes that are not Funny for black people And one of the things that um, I kind of note that Is that there's been a um, Debate in Hollywood for black actors uh, Mostly men To wear a dress or to going to drag or whatever you want to call it and a lot of men that have not done this um or stipulating their contracts that they're not going to be um become um a, a drag queen or they're not going to wear skirts or dresses uh they've they've been either um ostracized or they've been blackballed and it's a kind of a weird thing um because as far as i can remember i think flip wilson was the first person i ever seen uh, kind of do that I, Obviously there were things Probably prior to Flip But Flip Had a character On his show On, on the Flip Wilson show That he kind of Always would dress in drag And stuff like that Over the years We have saw Martin do it um, With Big Mama And of course On his show uh, When he plays Shanene And things of that nature So You know That's a whole Another situation For uh, Someone to play a character But you know A lot of characters Um in Hollywood, don't have to do that. And I, I try not to make this about a black or white thing or, or whatever. But when it comes to stereotypes, um, it, it seems prevalent in a lot of ways when it when it comes in. Take the actor Michael Douglas, for instance. Michael Douglas has, and I love his movies, by the way. He's always played very powerful um, characters. And when I mean powerful characters, not in the performance that he gives, but he plays powerful characters as far as, you know, he's... He's ultra rich or he's he's uh, in charge of something. He's a CEO or he's he's you know, he's he's kind of a shrewd uh, person. Um, And a lot of a lot of actors um, like that, I guess they tell their agents, hey, I'm only taking a script if if it's this and that and and that kind of thing. Um, One of the things I've learned recently um, with um, some actors like The Rock, uh, The Rock and Jason Statham, I think that's his name. Um, who you know played uh, a couple of characters in the um, in the last couple of Fast and Furious series uh, movies? They have stipulations in their contracts that they do not lose a fight, and uh, you know people kind of laugh at that. I kind of chuckled at that a little bit, but I guess they don't want to hurt their tough guy brand or who they are. Uh, so we probably won't see The Rock play anything but that. But early in The Rock's career, he played a gay hitman. I don't know if people remember. Um, that movie, I think it was um, Get Shorty. I might be, I might be wrong. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of actors um, can stipulate what they want. You know, uh, I believe Leo uh, DiCaprio. 
he at one point I don't know if he still gets this but he he wouldn't look at a script unless it was a 20 million dollar script as far as his payday you know and other actors are able to force that that kind of um um payday because they're either going to play it you know in a movie that's that's directed by a certain um person or they're not going to do it at all you know some 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 directors actually request certain actors knowing that they're going to come with stipulations and things of that nature but because there's this star power in the draw is so amazing with this actor or actress they would tend to say well give them what they want because this movie is going to be a hit because of this person's in it so you know pretty pretty good um so sticking with um how hollywood is not creative i guess is uh Taking consideration the last um, bad boys um, for life. Um, And again, I don't want to, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert, um, I'm not going to give the entire plot away, but I'm kind of going to deal with, um, you know, how that movie set up. Now, all the bad boys have been made several, several years apart. The original one obviously was great. Second one was okay. You know, it wasn't, uh, it didn't light the world on fire, but the action was insane. as always in, in, in the bad boys franchise. But in this last one, um, it wasn't, I wasn't say it was, it was a letdown for me per se, but it wasn't something that, um, I wanted to see it because obviously, you know, Martin and, um, and Will Smith have, you know, have been mainstays in this, in these series and they didn't change the characters out, which I was so glad, you know, even though all those years had passed, they haven't changed the characters at all as far as who plays them. But, they didn't go with an original um, type of thing. It was kind of the same, same old, or not same old, but it was kind of like they didn't create a really good story around it. Um, and, you know, not disappointing. It wasn't the worst movie I saw um, last year, um, but it wasn't one of the best given that that kind of franchise's draw and things of that nature. Now, on the other hand, since obviously since this thing has happened i'm a i'm a movie buff um people that know me i'm a movie buff i watch a lot of movies um my favorite genre of movies actually other than dramas um with with really crazy plot twists is i watch a lot of martial arts movies and when i say martial arts movies i'm not i'm not talking about some of the stuff that's that's kind of out currently but i come from that era of the wu-tang and when i say the wu-tang i'm talking about the run run shaw movies uh the golden age of of Kung Fu Theater when I was a kid, uh, late 70s, all through the 80s, early 90s. And then there was a, a sharp, sharp drop off. And I think it's because a lot of those actors became very older. Um, they started going more with the wire work and the fantasy stuff or whatever. But I have a massive collection of um, of Kung Fu Theater that is actually pretty cool. When people come over, they're like, oh, my God. what?" And I'm like, don't touch my stuff because it's hard to sometimes find these movies. But when you find them. Um, you don't even want to watch them because you don't want to destroy the disc and then be stuck uh, with it. I actually want to. Um, I talked to somebody a few months back about getting most of this stuff put on MP3 or something like that, so I can have a digital copy somewhere versus the hard copy. But having the hard copy is actually pretty cool because it's actually something I can collect. Um, I've gone on eBay, I've gone on Amazon um, Merchant, and just kind of priced a movie to see what it would fetch. And some movies that I bought for four and five dollars, you know, ten years ago, are worth a hundred, two hundred dollars now because of the scarcity of it. But again, I wouldn't sell my collection because it's my collection. We all have something that we are into, and those movies I actually watch from time to time when I can. But you know, I'm always scared when I'm handling the disc. Anyway, getting off um, 
getting back to what I'm talking about with the um, genuine and kind of the originality with with a lot of plots. Um, going back to Tyler Perry, um, he's made other movies other than Medea, which some of them are actually pretty good um, for the most part. But again, the actors that play in these movies kind of fit a mold that maybe that's what he likes to put in his movies or they kind of, you know, they, they're kind of similar from movie to movie with the um, uh, lead. Some of the leads are, you know, going through something, um, they're recovering from something or if they've, you know, suffered a tragedy, you know, such as the classic Greek stuff. But for the most part, it's, you know, character development is not what it used to be when it comes to these um, characters that, that are put in into Hollywood scripts. You know, some characters have multi-layered um, stories. Some of them have very simple stories. Uh, Josh Brolin is one of my favorite actors. And if you don't know who Josh Brolin is, he played uh, he's played in several movies. Uh, most notably, he played Cable in The Last Deadpool Uh um, he's played um, different characters. One of the characters that he played was in a um, an American gangster. He played the cop from New York or the detective from New York. And uh, he's one of those actors that have a lot of range. And when I talk about range, I'm talking about playing different characters where it's the same person, but he's not being himself. He's actually getting into the role. He's, a, I guess, what they call a method actor. Um Notably, Denzel is probably one of the best method actors that we've seen in our time. Um, most might argue that, but he is someone that has range and pitch. Josh played W, which is George W. Bush in a movie. And there were times if you watched enough George Bush footage, I don't know why you would or wouldn't. But he basically um, he basically got the character down even to even to his mannerisms. Um, where some some parts of the movie you were watching like, whoa, this this is pretty good, you know, and the movie wasn't an action movie. It wasn't about stuff. But if you're into um, certain things, they kind of glazed over some issues where you probably wondered what was happening in, in the administration at the time. Um, most notably, you know, there were things about him and Connie um, Connie's Rice that it looked kind of funny, even in the movie like you know, they didn't go where they, you know, where you thought they were going to go with it, but you kind of sensed that there was something, um, something up. So again, that's, I'm not insinuating a, a, an affair, but I'm just kind of saying it was kind of teetered on, on stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so Josh Brolin gets to play these, you know, fantastic roles and he gets to, you know, do some, some pitch. One of his, uh, one of his best works, uh, to me was No Country for Old Men. If you haven't seen that movie, that's a great movie, has, you know, a great plot and things like that. Now, when it comes to, um, um, our black actors, uh, we've had action stars such as Michael Jai White and the original action star, uh, Wesley Snipes. And Wesley, uh, you know, I don't know in recent years why Hollywood has type of turned their back on this man for the most part. But you can find a lot of Wesley Snipes movies now, either straight to DVD or actually DVDs are going away. So straight to um, Amazon Prime or, or, or Netflix or whatever. He's been in a lot of um, movies and people that are his are his core base fans have check check for the movies um and he's doing his best in these in these really kind of b movies to keep his career going i guess he has to eat too but for the most part you know he he was a really good star in the 90s he you know blade the blade series was awesome you know he played in um 
in a couple of um, other action movies. And they did him an injustice in The Last Expendables, which was ridiculous. Like having that many action stars in a movie for whatever reason, like no one gets to steal the the show or the scene or whatever because you have so many so many um egos to feed in that regard so you know we we kind of missed that and then michael jai white could have been the next dude but then he really wasn't getting the roles and the things that he should get you know um you know we we often wonder when someone gets a script you know they have to kind of mull over like what you know what's this character about what i want to do with this um and kind of, you know, put their own little spin on it or, or, or give it some some um, some life. But it, it, all, it also comes down to economics. If you haven't been in a lot of movies or you haven't been on a lot of TV productions and you're kind of fading, your star's kind of fading, you kind of, you know, take whatever is available to you and hope for the best. And, you know, with that, the actual... Um, could have been a great plot could have been a great movie but the actor is is in a mold or they're trying to be you know who they're not naturally uh a great example of an actor playing the same person in every movie that they're in is vince vaughn vince vaughn is exactly the same guy from old school (laughs) to any other movie that he's been in to the breakup to any kind of movie he's always been a snarky kind of um charismatic um dry humor guy and he's actually probably like that he's he's probably that's himself and he kind of puts that into every single character he's given where i have yet to see and if i'm if i'm wrong shoot me a message that he's played somebody in a movie where you're like whoa that that was a a reach for him or he he kind of stepped out of himself and embodied a role but we have not seen that from an actor like vince vaughn and there's a, a ton of actors and actresses like that where they just get offered the same same roles um there's a uh, term in Hollywood that you guys might be familiar with. It's called typecasting. And typecasting is pretty much if you were gangster number one in a movie, you're always going to kind of get those roles because you're playing something um, that is um, that is supposed to be in your element. Now, every and I always say this to everybody um, that's not of color. What you see in the movies is not what is real life for a lot of black people. So do not take what the screen gives you or the industry gives you as that's black um because there's been um times where actors have done interviews where they were corrected corrected air quotes on how to be black in a movie and you're like what like this just sounds kind of stupid but you know they want more edginess or they want whatever they want like you're not delivering it um one of the um um topics um that's going to be forthcoming um i'm going to have with a a a young man in the coming weeks it's going to be about um there's been a a a flood of british or european actors when i say european i'm not also i'm not also talking about um white actors i'm talking about black europeans um which is um or african europe whatever you want to call it um for instance the guy that played in get out and black panther not Chadwick, but the other guy. Um, he is a British-born actor, just like El- just like Idris Elba is, and they are able to uh, have a voice coach to have them speak, um, not the King's English, but American English. And some of them do a really fantastic job of masking um, what it is. Um, most notably. Um, there's an actor that plays on Homeland. I don't know if you guys watch Homeland. And and again, I try not to have too much information on stuff 
um, to give out so people can actually go do some some research on their own without me having to give you everything. So forgive, you know, forgive it if uh, if it seems like I sound like I'm unprepared to talk about something. It's not that. This is this is a organic conversation, an organic flow, uh, for the most part. And with that being said, a lot of things are are kind of brought up, touched on, and we can dive in or we can just brush it over it's really an organic conversation it's very fluid and it's very fast moving um if anyone has seen blood diamond uh, this actor he played the um the commander that was in the um in the pits um with the um with the guys that was sifting for for gold in blood diamond and originally his role was supposed to be a very small role. He had a couple of, of, um, of speaking parts, but he was, cl- you know, he's a classically trained actor, um, in London and they had him just kind of doing a couple lines, but he found a way to steal a scene where they actually reshot the scenes that he was in. And he actually got a bigger role in the movie, um, than he was supposed to have. He was ho- only supposed to have a few minutes. That was it in this scene. But then they kept re- you know, bringing his character into more of the plot, Um, so there was a couple of revisions and he had said, um, in an interview one time that he basically saw that this was his chance to not be a stereotypical African commander, whatever that kind of means, but he kind of used some of his, um, his talent to shine and he stole the scene. If you go watch the scene, he's actually, you know, speaking with, uh, with, with, with the great accent that's not his and he did a really good job which actually landed him some more roles other places uh most notably the guy that played flynn in the last couple of star wars a young british actor that was afforded this opportunity now he faced immense backlash from taking the role i guess there's no black people in star wars other than lando um calrissian which was played by billy D. williams back in the day but you know, the argument now or the debate now in Hollywood is that these actors are getting um, a lot of the roles that American actors should get um, in, in American genre. And it, I'm kind of on the fence with that because I'm a I'm a um, I'm a movie bus buff, as I stated. But if you're going to if you're going to play the same old gangster number one and be that guy, I don't want to see you on film. It, it just doesn't really do anything for me. But if you're going to show some pitch. You're going to show some some gravity with your characters or you kind of recreate, you know, what the vision probably was for this character. I'm all for that because I'm all for a great movie, a great time at the theaters, entertainment. Entertainment takes my mind off things uh, for the most part. So I want to I don't want to see the same old, same old, same old stuff. I want to see something different. I want to see somebody somebody really go into that and be like, wow, that's that's a that's a great performance. Viola Davis, for, for instance, is an incredible actress. Right. I am surprised she's not getting she's not gotten the roles, more roles um, for her because she has a lot of range and a lot of creativity, a lot of pitch. She kind of, you know, goes into her bag and shows that she's an amazing, amazing talent, you know. And then you got some people that you just tired of seeing, you know. Um, What's the guy that played on um, Soul Food series? Uh, He's a dancer. He was also in Stomp the Yard. I think it's Darren Hewitt. I think that's his name. He's always playing the same kind of character in movies. And I'm like, when is his brother going to try to get better roles? 
But again, it might not be up to him. So it's on, I'm unfairly judging him in that regard. But he may be able to kind of say, listen, I'm, I'm tired of playing this type of person. I want to play an action star or, or I want to play something else. You know, um, life is layered with a lot of dynamic things. And, you know, sometimes you watch an action movie and you can't see the person really perform that. A great a great um, outlier with that is the Bourne series, the Jason Bourne series. I never thought of Matt Damon as being an action star, but he really pulled that off and made, you know, that's that character come to life where it, it got to a problem where when he didn't want to make those movies anymore, he they actually put in on Jeremy Reiner to play. Uh, a operative that was in the program that he was in um, with a spinoff that wasn't bad but we want to see Matt Damon you know and Matt Damon I also have the uh, again I'm a gamer I have the video game of the Born Identity um, that came out years ago and he didn't even do the voiceover for it so they have to change that character completely because a lot of these actors are afforded the the um, ability to turn down roles or to say I don't want to play this role anymore um, notably the guy that played Spider-Man Spider-Man has changed so many times Like Batman It's ridiculous that When you get these movies You're getting a whole new actor Trying to play a character That has been played numerous times And you're, you're like What? What's going on? One of my favorite DC characters Is Superman And um, Henry Cavill Actually plays Probably played the best Superman That I've ever seen Because he actually brings the role to life um, Superman doesn't have a a lot of speaking parts and he kind of talks like a hero but you know henry kind of sells it where it's like the strong silent type like he doesn't have to say much but his actions on 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 film is 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 kind of it's kind of great i don't know which batman is the best i mean we've had everybody from george clooney to michael keaton <laughs> to Kristen bale play batman you're like god like how many batmans are they are they gonna be and i think Kristen probably um pulled it a little better because Affleck, I'm like, eh, you know, trying to play Batman, whatever. But we got used to Christian Bale's version of Batman because he actually kind of, kind of, you know, Batman is a cold, dark uh, character. And Christian Bale, from what I understand, is kind of an asshole. So he kind of was able to pull off uh, his Batman. Um, but again, you know, originality in Hollywood um, has been lacking for a long time we keep getting recycled material and it's time that they come up with something a little better you know people are going into the movie theaters now when i was a kid 16 17 even younger than that i'm paying less than ten dollars for a ticket now i'm paying upwards of twenty dollars per ticket and i'm still getting the same old same old stuff and it's my fault for keep going in there and and, and kind of you know putting up with it but you know again there's so many stories there's so many ways you can go with stuff um, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Um, I used to read a lot. I don't read as much as I as I should, but for the most part, um, reading something that was an adaptation for a film, they really fall short with that that kind of thing. Um, Marvel, for example, is a great <laughs> example of this. Marvel stories, technically, in, at his at his very rudimentary core, is. They're done already. They've been written, meaning the scripts are the comic books. You don't have to stray far from the story to kind of get what the the gist is. But they'll put an adaptation in or they'll put something in. You're like, what? You know, if you're a comic fan, you're like, why do they do that? Or why do they play this? Uh, an example of and this is a, an, an aesthetic. So it's kind of a nitpick. 
in Iron Man, Terrence Howard and Don Cheadle both played Rhodey. And if you don't know who Rhodey is, Rhodey's War Machine, which is the other kind of Iron Man. And from the comics, the Don Cheadle version looks more like Rhodey than Terrence Howard to the point where, and I think I, I think I saw this in an interview with Terrence Howard, when they shot Iron Man 2, he wasn't even informed that they were getting ready to shoot. He was actually fired from it uh, for what I believe. Um, you guys you know, can fact check me if you, if you like. Actually, just fact check me on that. He was let go of the role uh, for Don Cheadle. And I... I don't think it's because he doesn't look, you know, look the part. I think it was just his acting in it and stuff like that. Um, I think Terrence Howard is a okay actor. Um, I've not seen anything where he blew my socks away and says, oh, this, you know, this is, this is a great performance. He, he kind of plays um, who he is, you know. I, I think in, um, in 50 Cent's movie, Get Rich or Die Trying, I think he played himself. Meaning not played himself out, but he played who he is because the way he talked or whatever. Even in um I've never watched um I've never watched um Empire and I don't know why, I just never watched Empire. I think it's because I, I don't do commercials. It's kinda stupid, but with uh with Empire, from what I understand, playing Lucius, he it, it he's kinda some people believe it, some people don't what the character is and i've heard much chatter and debate about how realistic that the, you know the story is or whatever but in speaking about empire um watching power i'm a big power fan all the power fans out there you know what a letdown with how that ended <laughs> um and hopefully by now everyone who's a fan of of the series have saw the end um of the way they did ghosts and it kind of was a, a really letdown and that actually kind of opens up a, another conversation about character development and things of that nature. Um, Power is a classic um, ghetto tale um, where uh, the drug dealer <laughs> is trying to go good and trying to um, do better. But his um, the people around him, especially his wife and friends, do not want to let him out this life because they depend a lot on him and what he's doing. Um, they could have gone a lot of ways with power. Um, I mean, ended up a lot of great plot twists um, for the most part. But it kind of is like it's kind of like the the black version of how The Sopranos ended. Um, anybody who watched The Sopranos, great series, it was an amazing series. And in the final episode, you're like, what? Like it leaves you to think about what happened to the family. Were they killed at, at the diner? Were they not killed? Did they just kind of go on with? They kind of left everything up in the air. Where you're like, what happened to this whole entire series? Like, did they run out of material? Were they getting tired of writing it? You know, stuff like that. So, a lot of um, a lot of series and a lot of genres kind of have their own their own way of doing things. Um, I never watched Game of Thrones. Don't get on me for that. I'm not a throner. And with Game of Thrones, I, I watched a lot of people say, you know, the last couple episodes weren't. Were a letdown, and the other argument against Game of Thrones is that it took too long for stuff to come out. The writer, the writers or creator, kind of made it where you know material was scarce for them to do it, and he kind of held the studio captive in when he released his content. But going back to Power, um, a lot of stereotypical things in Power, um, a lot of things that, from my vantage point, and again, it's always my opinion. You know, there's no. There's no um, thing feeling it, but my thoughts about it is that as 
as Ghost's character kind of evolved to even aspire to political office, he still at the his core was the same person. And by that, what I mean is that he, you know, they didn't give much um, credence to who um, Chadwick, I'm sorry, um, Amari uh, Chadwick was like who what he could do with the character, because he had a, a he actually acts had a very charismatic way of playing this character where you got used to seeing him, where if they ever changed the character, you would not buy it. You're like, oh, nah, I want I want I want the guy that played him to play him. OK, the thing about power is that his wife, um, Tasha, her character to me, and this is my opinion, again, anyone can challenge this, was probably one of the stupidest or dumbest characters on the show for a lot of reasons. Um, this woman was kind of the other brain behind the empire. And she was very involved in what kind of went on for the most part, for the most part. She wasn't involved in a lot of, in a lot of getting her hands dirty until the end, but she kind of knew a lot of things about what was going on with the business. But in all the time that this show has been on, they never had her character said, you know, or created as she went to school for something, meaning like she, you know, she has a master's in accounting or a master's in finance or something where she was another affront to the business where they kind of could have, you know, had the money more tied up legally. Um, and the reason I say this is because of how the movie, how the, I'm sorry, how the series ended with her at the world reading pretty much getting nothing. And that was her fault. That was on her. That was on her because she didn't either stash or whatever you want to call it. She didn't protect herself, insulate herself against things like that happening. Either Ghost gets killed or he goes to prison forever or whatever it is. And she actually ended up on a plot twist. She has to get caught for something that, you know, she tried to put on on him. And it was crazy. You know, now this Book of Power thing is coming out, uh, I believe, in August. And they're going to keep the same role where Tariq kind of becomes his dad. You know, I'm going to watch it because I'm I'm a power head. <laughs> but again, I'm interested to see how this character is going to be developed and how they're going to um, go about, um, you know, keeping the series going and keeping it kind of alive. Um, there's going to be some cameos by a few different actors. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that. But again, I'm like, OK, you guys gonna keep it going with content. What can we do? Because if you kept the original content, you should have made ghost become the governor now he ha- now he has to battle being the governor and trying to be in the in the political arena to do whatever he can but he's also in the underworld as well to the point where he's forced to assist criminal activities whatever you want to call that they could have went that way with it or his son could have became the next him and now he has to he has a dilemma of fighting you know, oh my God, that's my son now is me and I'm the governor of the state of New York and I got to kind of bring that, bring this kingpin down. Um, crazy. So we'll see what, what happens with power. Um, a lot of, um, a lot of movies, um, I guess the last, you know, two years, um, for black cinema has kind of been up and down, which is kind of always the trend with black cinema. Um, Black Panther, um, received the, received the success that it did because, um, a lot of people kind of were proud to see um, a movie that represented them in a kind of way. And I get that part of it. But also, it was a time that we, we actually went out and supported something. Um, I think I saw it twice and actually owned the, owned the um, 
digital copy of it. Um, I haven't watched it in a while, but it, it is kind of a, a great movie. Um, I think uh, Michael B. Jordan is a great actor, and I'm glad that, that this brother is showing some range, uh, meaning that he's now doing, I think he did Have Mercy or Something Mercy with Jamie Foxx that my mom told me was a fantastic movie. So I got to kind of check that out when I can. But, you know, he's not, he didn't get stuck doing Creed. He didn't get stuck doing Gangster Number 1. He kind of... Um, been able to have some reach and he's been acting for a long time if you guys remember he was wallace on the wire and he put he played vince on um on the on football series um which you know he pulled off being a high school quarterback and that was pretty cool you know that was pretty cool varsity um oh my god i'm saying varsity blues it's not varsity blues but he, uh, you know, he, he's showing some some promise as one of our our next great actors um, in the field uh, in that thing. And of course, directing has has been um, kind of a, a up and down. I think um, one of the the most uh, powerful moving um, series that I saw was about the Central Park Five, and I didn't know. Um, cause at the time I lived the story as a kid, I was around the same age. I am actually the same age as these young men. Um, and I remember when this happened, um, I was, uh, just getting into high school. I think I was probably in my sophomore or, um, freshman year and, you know, the way it happened and, you know, the word wilding, you know, wilding out, whatever we, you know, we knew even in Jersey, we knew what that meant. And it just didn't make sense that that they would do it, you know, the way that that it said it was done. So we didn't know all the full details because we got spoon fed some some bullshit. But at the end of the day, you know, going back to these young men's story, it was tragic. It was tragic. And, you know, it was a docu series or documentary or whatever you want to call it or or um, miniseries that had you every episode had you gripped. You're like emotionally, you're you know, you're charged. Um, but you're like, wow, like, you know, where's the the fear and the the sense of like hopelessness was crazy that these men had to, you know, they had to fight for. And obviously being a, a real story, you know, they probably added a couple of theatrics to it, which I don't know. But the end of the day they're reliving or rehashing the story and the actors that played the young actors that played the men in the movie got to spend time with the the actual guys and in a interview they talked about i think it was on oprah they talked about how knowing the story and kind of feeling like this person was my age when this happened to them it, it, it kind of gave the character a lot more depth and it gave the characters a lot more like wow this is this they're playing somebody where i think the guy that played Corey was like he just was blown away with the performance because he suffered the most and he went to just support his friend that got arrested and he got swept up in that nonsense you know what i'm saying and he he was forced to give a confession that he that he didn't give so you know when you have stories like that, you know, and and it happened to somebody, it's it's a biopic or whatever. The person that's watching themselves represented on film has to give the input. Like, no, I didn't say it like that. I didn't feel like that. I didn't look like that. So they they got to kind of 
let Ms. Duvet do her thing in creating and or recreating what happened to them. And that made for, for a riveting performance by the entire cast. Every one of those guys, that those young guys played those roles, from what I understand, to a T. You know what I'm saying? So it was great. It was great cinema, but it was also art imitating life. Okay. One of the things that um, I, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm getting back into reading a little bit more now um, since the shutdown. And I try to read something for myself or I try to read, you know, f- for work or I try to read something for myself. And, and by myself, I mean in something that I'm into or interested in, that type of thing. I, I read a lot of self-empowerment books, but I also read stuff sometimes that's kind of just, you know, off the radar. And um, I'll do a series on on great books um, that you should read or should have read. Um, I'll have um, some guests talk about stuff like that. But um, a lot of um, a lot of characters that we've seen either created or played um, by someone, you know, it, it is art. It is something that that they're trying to recreate for you so you can see. You know, for every De Niro and Pacino, there should be another actress or actor that that's just as good. But some of these actors do a such a great performance playing playing people. You're like, wow, you know, what's going on? An example of that is um is the Jimmy Hoffa movie back in the day, Hoffa, played by Jack Nicholson. We all know Jack Nicholson as the as the original Joker. You know, obviously Cesar Romero is the original Joker, but. But um, Jack Nicholson is a great actor, great actor. The Departed alone, that movie alone is is insane to watch. Um, but Jack has played um, in comedies. He's also played in um, in um, dramas. And Hoffa, Hoffa is a very long movie by by those standards. Very, I mean, like I think it's like almost three hours. But you watch this movie because he plays this character so so well. Um, I had to study Jimmy Hoffa um, in school when I was in high school for a paper. So when I got to see the movie, it kind of bridged a lot of the the gaps that I had from reading about him and, you know, watching something unfold, which was just kind of around the the whole Teamster movement and things of that nature. So it wasn't about his life per se. It was about his life becoming the the Teamster president and things of that nature. So, um, again, he was so captivating in this role. You're like, whoa. Like, man, you know, if this person was really like this, this, he did a really good job. You know, where Hoffa's family was like, man, he looked like our dad um, and acted like our dad. So it was great, you know, down to the accent. So a lot of a lot of things that you watch, um, you know, it doesn't judge you as a person because everyone likes, you know, something. Um, Everyone is into some kind of thing. I am um, I'm into dark comedies for the most part. I like some slapstick stuff, but, you know, as a kid, I used to watch a lot of Three Stooges. I don't know why I thought the violence of, the, of Mo beating these dudes up was so funny. But then as I got older, um, that not became funny to me. If someone falls down, I more more likely will not laugh at them until I know that they're OK um, versus just going into a laugh if someone just fell because I just don't find stuff like that funny. Some people do. They just, you know, they would start laughing. It's not wrong or right. But when I say dark comedies, um, stuff that's um, intellectually funny or witty, 
um, and it's just my personality or who I am. I am not um, a genius, but I am somebody who's educated and I like to watch things that can stimulate my mind or make me think a little differently. Um, case in point, um, I had to write a paper for, I think, my sophomore year of college. I had a class um, and I wrote about because I actually believe, believe and don't laugh at this. I believe God is a woman. Um, always believe that coming up um, because of just certain things about how the world is and the fact that a woman is the one that brings the vessel is the vessel of life. So I kind of create that a lot of. People have debated me over the years of, how, you know, how can you think such a thing? You know, so I, I'm like a flat earther, not <laughs> not totally, but I don't I don't throw off stuff. But, you know, I want to hear both sides of the argument before I, I make an, an assessment. But um, so, yeah, I believe God's a woman. So I had to write a paper and I got an A on the paper, not because it was grammatically whatever. It was the fact that I went into my into my bag and I was able to write a vivid um, argument on why I think God is a, a woman, and it's just the way I think. It's just, you know I'm a I'm a different type of um, person. I, I kind of go into myself to you know to reach for stuff. Sometimes um, I am a firm believer in Occam's razor, and if you don't know what Occam's razor is, is it's a um, he's a 14th century philosopher, and um, most notably his Occam's razor is kind of like. The simplest solution to a problem is is the is the simplest thing. You know, we kind of overthink and overcomplicate stuff in life. You know, we talked about acting today and 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 and, and all that. And a lot of actors overact. You know, they they become Captain Kirk, where they they're like, it's just like, whoa, bro, bring it down a little bit. Like you doing too much. So you know, I sometimes just say, you know, be yourself. Um, and everything Because if If you have to think about And it's actually a fun exercise uh, in The next time you're Out for drinks Or have people over your house And you, you know Having a meal or whatever If you can have your life As in- entertaining or boring As it is If you can have someone play you Play you in your life Who would it be? It's actually pretty funny Because you'll see some people say Nah I don't think that this person should play you I think this person should play you And you're like wow really? And then you find out things about how your friends and family see you You know in a, in, if, they, if your life was a movie It's kind of funny to kind of hear what people got to say about that But I won't keep you guys too long today um, Happy weekend again So it's Friday um, have a great weekend And if you're going to catch some cinema Some movies Or whatever Try to think about what I talked about today And, and analyze And you know Sometimes it's, it's just a mind numb And you're just like You know I just want to watch a movie And not think about stuff But I actually like To to talk about stuff After a movie's ended You know um, If you ever saw the book of Eli The debate is Was he blind? Was he not blind? <laughs> you know Obviously Um you know, his senses were, were heightened, but, you know, the end, when they show you the Bible that's in Braille, you're like, oh, OK, um, I guess he's blind. But it's up for debate of is was he blind or not? You know, you know, so kind of, you know, make it a talking point to say, you know, th- those characters were unbelievable or they were believable or whatever. But again, you know, welcome to the manual. Um, if this is your first time, I have more content coming. If this is your, if you are a regular listener, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, the questions have been unbelievable um, that I get. Um, I hope to have everybody again. This is an open platform, so um, I 
all I need, you know, all I need from you is to DM me and you're on the show. It, it's that simple. Um, it's a virtual studio. So I get to just send you a link. You click on that link and you're on. That's it. We talk about what you want to talk about. But have a great weekend and thank you for choosing the manual.